everyone. Welcome back to the Colorful Plates podcast, your weekly source for what's happening in the produce and food service worlds. This week, we're going to go over our market reports per usual. Then we'll be moving into my chat with one of our ProAct sourcing specialists, Steve Cagle. Steve specializes in sourcing row crops, and he spoke with me about his day-to-day, what chimichanga products are, and how Transition, which we spoke to Diorigo, California about last week, affects how he sources product. We're also going to ask him what he's looking forward to pushing in 2020. Before we get to that, let's dive into our market reports. We'll start off with grapes, who are being sourced domestically and on import right now. Most domestic green grape supplies have been used. This week should see the transition of the green grape supply fully reliant on import fruit. Prices are inflated regardless of domestic or import at the moment. But those import greens out of Peru have been increasing in supply and quality is strong. Over the next two to three weeks, expect more greens arriving from Peru and Chile and decreased prices. As far as red grapes go, quality is hit or miss. Unfortunately, though, import supplies have been so low. Peru has had a colder than normal spring, which has led to low bricks levels and production. As growers wait for those sugar levels to rise to meet import regulations, domestic fruit is filling the gaps. Prices have been inflated and steady for weeks, and this is a trend you'll see for the next two to three weeks. Late January, early February, the imports on reds should be better. For now, though, import greens are in better supplies versus reds for the next two weeks. As far as apples go, Washington apple shippers are shipping smaller fruit at a higher price. Certain varieties, such as Gala and Red Delicious in particular, are higher priced. This trend should continue, especially once schools are back in session. Quality is excellent across the board. Remember that Cosmic Crisp apple TJ chatted to Jamie about? Yeah, they basically disappeared almost as soon as they were available. 324,000 cases were collectively available this month, but a majority went to retail. January will bring the next round of availability, but their availability will mirror this month's. Hop on them while you can. Slowly but surely, stone fruit is reappearing from Chile. Supplies will improve over the next week or so. Some peaches and nectarines are available with strong quality being reported. Green bell pepper supplies in the eastern U.S. have been steady, coming from South Florida's east and west coast. Due to some recent weather, there will be some shoulder bruising, but these effects are not long-lasting, with overall quality excellent across the board. Here in the West, supplies for green bells are coming out of three regions, Coachella Valley in California and the Sinaloa and Sonoran growing regions in Mexico. Domestic supplies are decreasing with cooler weather, but quality is good from all regions. Red and yellow bells are also being harvested from the Coachella Valley and in Sinaloa. Quality is good for both. Hothouse red varieties from Sinaloa have increased this week. Overall, this market is steady for now. Domestic lemon supplies out of the Central Valley are coming along well. Good supply and quality and a steady market will continue into the new year. For limes, they are getting a bit snug over the next few weeks due to limited harvesting schedules, but quality has been consistent. Central Valley oranges are looking great with steady demand. Right now is a great time to buy some mandarins as the quality is very good, and caracaras and bloods are right there with them. Minaloa tangelos are hopping onto the seasonal citrus scene and are off to a great start. Try to incorporate that seasonal citrus in a new way. I recently made blood orange bars versus lemon and they were a hit. Tomatoes continue to struggle across the board. Rain has delayed harvest in Florida amidst already depleted supplies and cold weather has delayed harvest. Markets should remain light until mid-January. Grape and cherry tomatoes are by far the tightest item right now. Rounds and romas should recover by the first week of January. Western tomatoes have had little change this week. 
Little product has crossed over in the past week from Mexico. Don't expect a rebound in supplies for the next two to three weeks. That's all for market reports this week, guys. Be sure to tune in next week for an update on a multitude of commodities. This week, I spoke with my friend Steve Cagle, row crop sourcing specialist here at ProAct. Steve sources multiple commodities, and we spoke about what those are, how transition impacts sourcing, cross-stocking and its benefits, and what he wants to push in the new year. All right, so I'm sitting down here with Steve Cagle. He is our row crop sourcing specialist. Steve, how you doing this morning? Good. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Um, so tell me a little bit about your role here at ProAct and how you came to be a row crop sourcing specialist. Sure. I started here May of 2018, and I'm the row crop specialist along with Mike Pacheco. Talk to our suppliers every day. We're looking for the best quality and best open market pricing each day. So explain what open market pricing is to those who may not know. So open market pricing is anything besides contracted or channel pricing. So uh, these are items that are not on contract, not channel priced, and distributors are just playing the market. So it's up to us to find them the best quality at the best price. Perfect. And so you say you're a row crop sourcing specialist and what commodities do you source? And are there some that are easier to work with um, versus some others or? Sure. There's a whole lot of different row crops that uh, Mike and I buy. Everything from iceberg to all the leaf items, which is romaine, green leaf, red leaf and romaine hearts and butter lettuce. Uh, From celery to cauliflower to broccoli. Those are our main core row crop items. Then we have all the little chimichanga items, all the specialty (laughs) leaf items, which are the kales, the parsleys, the arugulas, the spinach, the bok choy, napa, parsleys. Um, So we do it all. We, We cover all the row crops. And the row crops that I'm most familiar with, obviously, are our our main core row crops, the iceberg lettuce, leaf, broccoli, celery, cauliflower, the chimichangas are kind of the redheaded stepchild. They're not as <laughs> popular or, or, or fun to deal with. So uh, I, I obviously I'm more familiar with this, with the core standard uh, row crop items. What what makes the chimichanga items kind of more of a pain to deal with? Um, they're just they're not the big movers mm-hmm. in produce. They're just the little items that are just. Obviously, there's some demand for them, but they're just the little items that just don't move the quantities like we're used to with the the bigger core items. But still essential to source. For sure. And they're usually the ones, any type of weather, they're the first ones. They're so delicate. Mm -hmm. They're the first ones to uh, go bad or the quality is is disputed. And... You know, you say you're really familiar with a lot of those bigger items like broccoli and cauliflower and um, lettuce. And we spoke to Diarigo last week regarding transition. And of course, they're huge on all of those things. Um, Transition was actually a foreign concept to me before I moved here and got involved in ag. Um, How does transition impact the work that you do? So transition happens twice a year, and, and no one likes getting through transition. Transition in produce is a, a, a tough few weeks. So uh, with transition for the row crops, uh, orders are needed at least 48 hours in advance. There's so many moving parts. There's so many areas product is coming out of. Uh, we could be shipping uh, out of three areas, and, and it just makes it difficult for a truck to load in three different areas. Mm-hmm. So obviously, we're utilizing cross docks as much as we can. Right. And 
no transition's going to be perfect. Not everyone's going to move down to Yuma or up to Salinas at the exact same time. Right. So it, it, it definitely is a tough few weeks. And then plus you have the Huron piece where a lot of the trucks will stop by Huron to load uh, product. Huron, California. Huron, California, correct. And that's kind of the area in between Salinas and Yuma. Mm-hmm. So like I said, it's tough for a lot of the distributors to send orders that far in advance. We, we do ask for 48 hours in advance, especially during transition time. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and it's tough because once you go to a new area, product may not come into the field until later. There's, there's just in, in the, everyone loading at the docks are maybe probably new to loading trucks in the new area. So there's, it's not a perfect science. And yeah, it's, it, it's a time where trucks, I feel bad for them, but they just need to be patient. <laughs> so, yeah, transition's a tough time. In Everyone's just got to kind of roll with what mm-hmm. Mother Nature throws at them. We go period. through it every year, twice a year, and it's <laughs> and it's the same thing. No transition is really a good, seamless transition. There's always going to be some some hitch and a giddy-up and, and something like that, I feel mm-hmm. like. Um, but I feel like everyone comes together and we make it through it. Um, you mentioned cross docking, and that must be a huge benefit during those times where there's a lot of um, product moving mm-hmm. from different areas. Can you explain what cross docking is to those who may not know? Absolutely. Well, you utilize cross docks mainly because, well, it's it's just tougher trucks to load many picks. Mm-hmm. So we try to consolidate the picks as best we can. That makes sense. And especially on orders that are maybe 10, 15, 20 cases, we want those type of orders cross-docked. So run me through an example, I guess, of a, of a cross-dock, just like theoretical example. So a big piece of our cross-dock uh, is Diarigo. We cross-dock a lot to Diarigo. Mm-hmm. We cross-dock Taylor Farms orders. So it gets the trucks out of Taylor Farms so they don't have to wait there. And when, where do they go? Uh, they they cross to Diarigo. Okay, so we load a lot of product out of Diarigo. Mm-hmm. And which is really helping the truck times in loading. Uh, we still do cross a lot to Taylor, and um, and some and some orders and some companies they just you know that's what they have to do mm-hmm. to get their orders. So we'll cross as much as we can all the little orders to a big supplier, and it's been really working well. I mean we've been doing this Diarigo consolidation for I think a little over a year or just about a year. It's been working great, and it's it just gets our truck out of Taylor Farms. It gets some loading at DeRiga with a lot less wait time. That's awesome. It's great to know that you know these different companies are really working together during those tough times. And um, you know, just to transition a little bit, you work with a variety of row crops, and I remember sitting with you. You had this whole list. What's looking good right now, and what's been kind of struggling? Well, just to touch on some of the weather. Last week we had lettuce ice, so that. Uh, in turn with the shorter daylight hours down there. It just doesn't give our, our growers that much time for harvest. Down there in, in, in Yuma. Yuma. Correct. Yeah. So we were hearing harvest time starting at 11 a.m. So 11 a.m. to say 4, 4.30, 5 That's o'clock. That's not enough time. <laughs> it's not enough time. So we're looking at shortage of product. We're looking at quality issues coming up. with Due the, to the weather. Due and... to the cold last week, due to the rain this week. So I'm already noticing a lot of the core row crop items are starting to move back up. I did talk to several suppliers this morning. They harvested as much as they can before the rain just because they know it's coming. 
So, um, yeah, it looked like last week with the demand product was, was coming off. This week, I'm already seeing it starting to go up. Right. So what you mentioned, the lettuce ice, what, what happens to lettuce when it does freeze? Well, uh, I believe we sent out some pictures last week, but yeah, it, it's, I mean, you can literally see the ice on mm-hmm. the leaves. So we got to wait until 11 or so just to, just so that it can thaw out. Um, but what physically happens to the plant and why is that such a, a problem? Does it harm the quality? It definitely does. It's, uh, it causes, it can cause epidermal peel in the lettuce mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, it's just it just doesn't give it the legs or the the long standing quality that we anticipate. It definitely cuts it down. I've definitely had lettuce freeze in my fridge, and it wasn't very good when I <laughs> when yeah, it thawed. You, yeah, it's not. It doesn't taste too well when it's frozen. <laughs> so, um, speaking of storage um, and my frozen lettuce, um, what commodity or commodities do you source that have very specific storage requirements? Uh, they all have specific storage requirements. I mean, we obviously want to keep the cold chain intact from mm-hmm. 34 to 37 degrees. And most all items, especially the value-added items, the process items, are 17-day uh, f- uh, life to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so from field to the fridge, right. 17 days. Yes, and to be eaten by within 17 days. Mm-hmm. So uh, as long as the cold the the cold chain is kept intact uh, it should last up to about 17 days great so we're here we're at the end of 2019 what crop or crops have been a big seller for us this year for the year 2019 a lot of our core uh, row crops uh, I, I want to say common core <laughs> common <laughs> core like okay well that's because your kids are doing common core math yeah I know huh um <laughs> So in looking at last year's 2018 numbers and 2019 numbers on our row crops, uh, all our row crops on, say, lettuce, leaf, cauliflower, and broccoli, they were all up this year compared to last year. So we had a really good year on our row crops. And we, we obviously want to continue that. We want to increase those cases each year. So we're always looking at each week we look at where we were at the prior weeks and seeing um, what we can do within PROACT to get those cases back up. But we did have a really good year in 2019. Great. And um, yeah, real proud of our distributors for our giving for the business that we got. Great. Always happy to hear that. Um, and what crop has been in flux the most regarding availability this year and why? Well, you know, I, I would say cauliflower is, is, a, is a tough commodity because of the sizing. Yes, I know uh, that very well. <laughs> yes, cauliflower was uh, is tough. Um, a lot of our suppliers are asking us to subsizing. Uh, cauliflower is a tough item to grow and tough item to pull from the field and get the right sizing. So that was a it tough is. one. Earlier, a few months back, broccoli was really bad with the quality because it was so cold. Um, there were like yellow beads, pin rot. Uh, it was, that was pretty bad. We got What's out of that. Rot? Um, like brown bead. It's, it was oh. just, and then, um, just like rotten spots on the crown. Right. And then a hollow core where there's like, you can see through the core or like up through the core and there's like, yeah, there's like a hollow spot. What else? Uh, celery has been flat this year. 
Um, there's been there was a point in time in the earlier. spring where it was like a huge deficit of yeah. celery. I think that's when everyone was juicing, maybe. So yes, earlier this year until about the springtime, celery was insane. It was forty, fifty bucks. Since then, celery has come off quite a bit. So that's been nice. But yeah, the the celery juice thing was really big, and <laughs> you couldn't even get celery sticks anywhere. So yeah, celery's really come off, and it's a lot more available. Uh, other items this year, um, I mean, nothing too crazy in the way of markets, except for the celery. Celery, wow, was really, really tough to come by. Um, and I think just getting through the end of this year, I, I don't see anything going too crazy in the way of, of row crops in the markets. Well, that's good news for you. Mm-hmm. What, um, what, are, what are some things you're going to be really pushing in 2020? I want to push asparagus. We've got some really good asparagus growers out there. We, we can load asparagus in Florida and a couple of different places. Caborca starts in the middle of January, and that, that usually is really good quality out of Caborca. And we also have uh, several suppliers out here on the West Coast and, and in Yuma. So we're really looking to build the asparagus program in 2020. Great. I love asparagus. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good snappy veg. And it's good for you. It is good for you. Um. To end on a fun question, what is your favorite commodity that you source and why? Well, I think asparagus would be. It's a good <laughs> challenge for me. I really want to see that, that category grow this next year, and it's one of my goals. So I really am pushing asparagus each and every day. Uh, if anyone out there is looking for any asparagus, whether it be white asparagus, asparagus tips, uh, any sizing you need, please don't hesitate and run any offers by me. We're really looking to to grow our asparagus program. A big thanks to my friend Steve for taking the time to chat with me. Be sure to reach out to Steve for any of your asparagus needs or any of your row crop needs moving into 2020. That's all we have for this week, guys. Be sure to tune in next week to hear from Jamie. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for recipe inspiration and more. I hope you all have a great week. A happy new year, and as always, stay fresh.